You're the only thing Makes me feel alright You're my everything Make me feel alright And you're the only thing I never feel alright I guess I have to go What's up? This is Steven, Too Broke for Therapy, episode 40, if you can believe it. This week, Leonard, producer Jarrett, and I sat back to talk to Lauren McDowell. Lauren works with Leonard and I. She's been a super great addition to our team, but she just turned 21 and recently got in some trouble and had to go to a correctional facility in Santa Clara. See, this is Too Broke for Therapy's stories from the slammer, ciphers from the clink, jawing about jail. I don't know. I'm stretching it at this point, but... Lauren got locked up for a little bit over a month, nothing crazy, but she went inside. I've never personally met anyone that's gone to a woman's correctional facility, neither have the boys, so we wanted to kick back and ask her a couple of questions. She gets into it about her life towards the end, and to be honest, we didn't know that much about Lauren before this podcast. See, we work with her, and she kind of holds herself as a kind of introvert, if you will, but this was the first time I feel like we broke through and actually became friends with Lauren. I think that this podcast was essential for us as a group of people to be able to become super comfortable with each other and learn about our pasts, and I think it was probably the best podcast we've done in a long time. We didn't get into any listener questions this episode, just how the vibe went throughout the whole episode. We just figured, why not just skip questions this week and let them roll over? But if you guys want to submit questions for future shows, you totally can by going to twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit. There's a link in the show notes uh, on your phone if you want to just follow that. You could also follow our Twitter page where we live stream each episode on Periscope at TBFT Podcast. You guys have been great. I appreciate all the questions you've been sending in. Please help the show out. Send in questions. It's really all we need to keep the show going outside of you guys listening. It's been a great couple of weeks. We'll get into that later. For now... Let's talk to fucking Lauren. This has been a long time coming, and I can't believe the shit that we talk about in this episode. And it's one of my favorite, like I said. I think you guys are going to really like it. Just keep being you. Keep being positive. Positive push. Yes. Let's get to the fucking show. Ebro in the morning, like you look like him. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's the best compliment I've got this week. What well, day is it? More, more like okay. Rosenberg than Ebro. Rosenberg. Well, okay. I guess Mr. Conley would be Ebro. Ebro. Yeah. I'd rather be Charlemagne. I Did you hear that Charlemagne got into it today? No. He got into it with um. Oh fuck! Someone went on the show and oh Gucci man. Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Gucci ripped him absolutely well, apart. Well, because it was uh, Char- I think he posted the interview. Charlemagne like posted. Something like we need more of this. I forgot. I didn't. I don't remember everything he or everything he said in the post, but he posted something about that. Something about about Gucci Mane being on oh, the Breakfast okay, Club. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't click on it because you I don't have be clicking on shit. I had the time, but I was like, <laughs> I'm not going. You don't to. follow links. You don't, I don't. You don't follow a link. I I do not. If like while I'm scrolling, if I gotta like click on something else to go to another page, I'm not gonna do it unless it's like I'm on the hub. 
You'll go down a hole in the hub? That's the only time you're supposed to go down a hole. Really? It's on the hub. I, how do you go down, the, down a hole in the hub, though? Like, you're not there well, for that long. Sometimes you are. <laughs> Hold oh, on. Ask yeah, the question into the mic. Hold on. We've got, a, we've got a guest on this week's episode. Lovely Lauren. We'll get to her in a second. We're going we're gonna to catch up here with the lads, and then we'll dive into her. But, but ask this essential question here. What is the hub? The hub is a place where adults go for uh, mental and physical stimulation. It begins with a P. There's a crucial word that's left off at the beginning of hub. They have their own award show recently uh, hosted in Los Angeles. One of our most recent sponsors. One of our most <laughs> recent sponsors. Uh, stroke it. <laughs> Jarrett, producer Jarrett, any wacky stories from the week? Anything that's happened to you? How, how are you doing over there? Doing pretty good. Pretty no, good? No, no crazy stories, really. No, no wild Just, tales? No, I've just been staying out late on Saturday. Casey had to drag me out of the club at like two thirty because she knew I had to work the next day. Because I wanted to stay till four. I always want to stay till the lights turn on. But Where, what, what club was it in uh, San Francisco? Uh, it was caught Halce- we were at Halcyon seeing Sam Divine. What do you think the uh, opinion of Halcyon is uh, uh, among the the dance clubbers? Well, I I think it's people like it a lot. It's it uh, it was like top one hundred on the. Uh, DJ Mag or Mix Mag, one of those. Oh wow! Publications, yeah, for best club in the w- one of the best clubs in the world. It's pretty cool. Uh, one of my coworkers, he's um, he's an old he's an older guy, not too How much old. old. He's like, What's an older guy he, to you? He's like thirty or so. Okay, like so I'm close to you. We're, we're, we're yeah. pretty much older guys. <laughs> no, no. Well, he he's in he's in the but he's been in the club scene for a while, and he was telling me that Halcyon apparently has like some sort of. Uh, allegedly has a misogynistic social media page. So I had to do some diving before I went back, and I didn't find anything bad about it. So it what kind of, it holds up. It what kind of music do they play? Straight house and just techno. House? house and techno. That's what Maybe keeps him tech going. House. Maybe oh. tech house, just in case they want to combine <laughs> it. You had a good time, though? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was one of the most packed I've ever seen that place. Really? There's so there's only The only room to dance was up in the front, and then it was funny because you'd get these, like, 40 year old dudes in there like throwing elbows and shit because they just want to stand there on their phone and like wave their buddies down and then you end up with like 50 like not 50 like a large group of men just standing there in the middle awkwardly getting mad at you for dancing and bumping into them were you grooving oh oh yeah you you should have seen me and dylan oh there was a th- it wasn't just you and casey no it was me casey dylan and brandon brandon wow everyone went out we all went out hit My- the streets yeah, dude, I got a hot dog afterwards. I made oh. sure. What, what, what do you usually get on the uh, street dog? Oh, everything. Oh, everything? You I get just, everything? The mayo? You get just the scrape that shit up. I'm just like, yeah, just, I'm like, the however you want to make it, just onions. make it like that. And it was fucked because there's this one guy that was getting pretty good business because he was a little closer to the entrance and exit. Upstreaming. And then, and then there was a guy on the corner, and he had no business. And we all felt so bad, like, oh, fuck. Like, this guy has the same product, and he's getting no people. Mm-hmm. If I were to see him, I would have totally went over to him. Oh, but so you did, didn't go to him? No, I already oh, had my hot dog. <laughs> I already had my hot dog in my hand. Did you tell him that? No. It's like, oh man, I didn't see you. you. you got to get closer. Yeah. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> tell him like, yo, you you fucked up. You should have moved down 15, 20 yeah. feet, and you would have been. Golden. Do you think those people are hella competitive? Like, I'm oh. sure out there working, yeah. they have to be like. That's probably why he was hella far. He yeah. probably got there like 30 minutes later than the other guy. Because the one that's outside of 10:15 Folsom, they'll have like an easy up. They'll they'll be out there. Yeah, going. exactly. I mean, this guy he could have gotten there probably a little earlier. 
and would have been okay. Or but by this by the end of the night, there's gonna be so many people. Yeah, the Uber fine. waiting. So you know. he wasn't. So we left at two thirty, which is wasn't pretty early. She went on at twelve thirty. So like, wasn't early. Who's she? Sam Devine. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, Lady DJ. La- I know. I got you. I thought you were uh, talking about Come the uh, the hot dog vendor. No. <laughs> I was like, how do you know when she got there? Were you outside the club? And I it's felt about bad about it. Maybe, got I there. Let's just, go. maybe I just justified it to myself by saying that he was going to get more business as the night went on. But who knows? Because, I mean, most people didn't – you couldn't see him pass. Like, he was, he was, like, out of view because the whole, like, smoking crowd slash hot dog crowd was, like, you know, taking up all his – there's a lot of crowds that go to these house shows, Leonard. I don't and know if you've ever been to few, one. There's a few. No, I I imagine so. I've never been. And right, I think where, you'd like it. Where Halcyon is is actually right next door to two different clubs: Bergerac and Audio. Oh, Audio. And what? No, it's in the um, across the DNA street. Lounge right across right the street is DNA Lounge, and the next door to that is Slim's. So you've got five. Soma, baby. Businesses right there. There's a lot of uh, weirdos and you know scum and villainy out there in those streets, but it's it's a lot of fun. I Open love up it. the warehouses. Leonard, how have you been, baby? Beautiful? I've been good, yeah. I had uh, a lot of alone time this weekend because Corey and the family went to Reno. Reno? Yeah. For uh, I've never been. Have biggest, you been? The biggest I, little city in the world? I, I have. Either Reno or Tahoe. It was like when I was like five or six. My mom got married. Oh, there. she got married in Reno? Yeah. Lovely. So that was cool. There's a picture of uh, myself, my brother, my uncle, all in like suits and stuff. It was a classic picture. Are you like eight? How, how old Two? are you in, in the I'm wedding? F- five? No, nah, I was like six or seven. You had a suit when you were six or seven? Yes. Oh, wow. Did you not? No, my mom was I'm like, throw a collared shirt on the kid, let's go. I was I'm wearing sorry. shorts and sandals and, you know. I mean, I guess when you live in the same. desert, you're not really putting on I a suit. I grew up at the beach. Yeah, Jared grew up in the desert. He takes offense to that, and that makes me kind of feel bad. Like, it's a, a You should. The desert blows. The desert doesn't blow anything but yeah. sand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we blow beautiful breeze and, you know, palm trees, my friend. No, I always give Stephen sh- uh, shit. Where are you from, Jarrett? Lauren wants to know. La Quinta, California. It's near Palm Springs. Okay. Where the where yeah. the hotel is from? La Quinta Inn? Yeah, the origin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, Can't never, wait for I've never stayed in one. Film. I've never stayed in one, but I want to. You, you should, should for your like your thirtieth birthday. Your dirty thirty. Oof. Just what go to that, La Quinta. Like seven years? The dirty thirty? Eight in a few months. Eight in a few Eight months. Eight in two months. Oh. My birthday is November. You're both twenty one. Beautiful. Hey. hey. Lauren's also twenty one. <laughs> So you had a lot of alone time. You spent it with the yeah. dog. Yeah, the dog. The hub. Uh, I let him. Actually, I actually didn't spend a lot of time on the hub. I got on the hub, but then I was like, it was like real quick. I thought that we just, were doing this this. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. But I was, I was lonely. Did you think about me before you did it? I did not. <laughs> okay. Great. I did not. No. I'm glad you weren't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I promise, uh, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, I did. I was like, oh, damn. It's I'm okay. Wondering. That's when the clarity Adi happens. Yeah, yeah. Clarity. <laughs> yeah. So but uh, but not the. No. The dog was, uh, he was all right. He was just like having like a lot of separation anxiety because he was home alone, like basically throughout like the whole day. So normally it's like, there's somebody there like after like eight hours, like the longest he's home alone is eight hours, but left at 10, nine o'clock, didn't get home. till like one o'clock in the morning. So when I got there, he was just all shaking. Just like, Oh, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. What do we do? Are we going out? So I took him out for like a long ass walk. In the do dark. you find no mental leash. clarity when you're out there? Yeah. How do you know not to have a leash with your dog? When is that moment? Because that's the that's got to be like the ultimate. You're a good dog move. Right? Yeah. Like do you give um, him a pat on the head and you're like you don't have to sit for this treat? 
it was good. well because like i've been like slowly trying to like train him um and he's a dumb little exit. dog right so he can't do shit yeah i mean he can he run. tries he he can run some dogs got out like a while ago because these people they leave their garage or open and they have like three dogs that they just like let roam around and then so they got out and they started like chasing my dog and then like he was out he wasn't fucking with it he just left me so i was like okay i guess i must jump on this truck so i don't get bit by these dogs so he wasn't fucking with me i was like peanut run and then he ran what an adorable he left dog me. Name yeah you have to peanut no, he's cool he he looks stupid as fuck well, that's great. But he I'm listens. Like, Most dogs that's, that's are cute. I think I told my dog story. Did I ever tell? Did I tell the dog story on here about the one when he had sex with a dog? No, not nice. that time. Was okay. it a pit bull? No, it was when my Australian Shepherd. I had this mini Australian Shepherd, and my neighbor. We were in San Diego for like a baseball game, and like just to spend the day in San Diego, because <laughs> that's what you do when you're in the desert. You get the fuck out. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we were down there, and I get a phone call from one of my neighbors, and they're like, hey, Jarrett, your dog's out. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean my dog's out? Oh, Cruz is out. Like, he's in your front yard. And he's and I'm like, oh, god damn it. And I'm like, well, do you think you can, like, grab him and put him back in the, in the you know, the Side yard. yard? And they're like, oh, no, he, he just won't have it. Because he was a little, like, Australian shepherd, so he's pretty agile. Like, if he doesn't want to be caught, he won't. Can't get him in. Apparently, he gets in a fight with the neighbor's dogs, and it became this whole thing because it's – it's negligible which which who got bit or who bit him the owner oh, our, wow. our neighbor our neighbor got bit trying to break up the fight with his hands and they blamed <laughs> it on my dog animal control comes and it's a whole thing and then we had to get rid of him and that how so like put him down no 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 we 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 re- relocated him to a ranch up wow on, up highway 74 in this little town called pinion and it turns out years later i found this out that about a you know Eight months to maybe a year of him living at that ranch, he was torn to shreds by coyotes. Wow. And I, my parents never told me that shit. They're like, my grandma let it slip one day. Like, she was just talking about it all nonchalant. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean he got <laughs> eaten by wolves? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, Cruz, yeah, he was, he was living on a ranch. He was really happy. And that's what I thought he lived. Like, I thought he moved to this ranch and was just really happy living out there in the wilderness. Some like, sort of animated Wes yeah, Anderson type course. film. Amazing, you know? Turns out, fucker got eaten by, by the de- by the desert style coyotes, the real ones, so not the ones you see in like a in a gated community or, or the some one, weird the neighborhood. The ones you see around here don't seem very scary. They don't. No, they they seem fat and just uninspired. I saw a coyote up in Sacramento. I think it was actually a quay wolf, which is like half is. coyote, half wolf. Look it up. I shit you not. What's it called? Quay Wolf or Eastside Coyote? Joe Rogan type shit here with this. <laughs> this but uh, I was riding. I was riding my bike after I got off of work in Sacramento. You have to like go through uh, Discovery Park, which is like right by the river. And then I'm riding it, and then I look across the street, and I look up, Very and cute. there's like a big ass like coyote wolf looking thing. I, I'd be a fan of that. Quay Wolf. Yeah. Do people own them like look, crazy motherfuckers exactly, in Arkansas? It looks exactly like that one. Woo. And um, I'm a fan. It literally, I, I think, one. like it was coming like out of like the trees and stuff. And then we kind of like looked at each other at the same time and like made eye contact. And then it was like a really intense moment. Like, are you gonna come after me? Or are you gonna come after, like we're like just staring each other down? I'm like riding my bike, just staring like, oh shit, do I gotta like switch up gears and you know haul ass? But it was chill. He looked at me, I looked away. He looked away. Me and Leonard were talking about how weird it would be if people, like, greeted each other like dogs do. Not, like, uh, smelling each other's ass, but just, like, the, the awkward, like, like looking yeah. at each other, kind of, like, <laughs> the size standing, up. 
you know, you never know if someone's bigger or smaller. Is that how mm. Peanut is? Does he, is he, or she? It's a he. he. It's a he. Aware of his size. He, he's a, he's a lap dog. Okay. So, yeah, he's he very small. He doesn't try to fuck with anything. He does, actually. He ran up on this dog. This dog is probably like, oh, what kind of dog was it? It was like a Dalmatian looking ass dog. Oh, wow. But Were probably you at a like. Firehouse? No. No. No, it was, it's like, it looked like a mutt, but it has spots on it. I don't okay. I don't know what kind of dog it's it was. A small cow. But it was it was it was a bigger dog, a sizably bigger dog. And uh walking him without a leash, he saw the dog and just ran up on him. I was like, Yeah, what are you doing? I had to call him back, you know, snap my feet. Hey, hey, hey. The and no they, leash. like he Yeah. He stopped midway because he knows now. But he still like ran like he was like maybe two, three feet away from this dog. And I had to like, yo, you know, he doesn't I don't think he realizes how small he is. But I think because the freedom I give him to walk him around like the whole neighborhood without a leash, he thinks that it's his neighborhood because he pisses on everything. You know, it's like I don't know you. This is this is this is my hood. How long have you been wearing that gold chain? Uh, about thirty six hours now. When did you get it? I got it for Christmas last year. Awesome. Yeah. How? Uh, who got it for you? Corey. Corey. Wow. Of course. I was like, yay. I think I want a gold chain. I just been saying it. It's like I think I'm gonna go get. That's why I feel like she's gonna give me a grill. grill. Yeah, you got to speak things into existence. If you you ever wait, she she doesn't want me to have it. She she might do it. The holy grill. Yeah. If if you wake up with like a mold in your mouth, it's gonna be terrifying though. It might be. How she? You know, we talk about this with David because he's always talking about proposing to women. That's like his favorite thing (laughs) to do. And he's like, I got a ring size, bro. And I'm like, How the fuck did you get a ring size (laughs) off of a woman? Was she asleep and you tied a little ribbon around? Or like, put your put your like hand how, in this. How did know? he? Did he? I have no idea. He, he still didn't won't say. tell us. I think he's got some sort of. <laughs> he, I think he used to be shit. a jeweler in his past Maybe. life. He could be full. I mean, of he shit. never proposed to her. He could have done no, one of these, God, like yeah. a wrap of the finger, and then like leaves it, and he's just all day just, just holding it he, like, like this. When they're asleep, he just puts his mouth around her finger and goes, <laughs> and just holds the shape <laughs> and, until he gets to a K's in the mall. He's got a measuring tape in his pocket. A measuring tape in his pocket. That I mean, maybe. He could. Maybe a small ruler. I guess yeah. you couldn't do it with a ruler. No, no. You have to have the measuring tape like yeah, a tailor. Yeah, it's got to go around. Yeah. yeah that, Some people are bakers. How. Others are tailors. Yeah, you can get one of those Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Real thin. Just I guess he was I mean, more if, of a if Thomas. He, if he's into getting ring sizes, it only needs to be so long. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I, a, that's a wallet accessory there. You have a yeah. wedding ring. Is it a cool accessory to have, Leonard? Is it like a beneficial thing? I see you it open is. beers with it from time to time. Yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I use it for is to open beers or and to like tap on stuff like you're in a, and in a relationship. to not symbolize yeah. your marriage. Do, yeah. you, do you think that it wards off people? Like they see the wedding ring? I don't know. Do you think it does for I don't know. the wife? Lauren, can I ask you a question? Jarrett, will you hand the... Uh, <laughs> do you... Do you think women think that wedding r- rings like ward off other approachers? It depends on what type of man it is, honestly. Some don't care. Some don't no. care? No. I uh some don't care. I've I've definitely yeah. seen that. I know people that wear wedding rings just to like ward off approachers. Is that also a thing? I think so. Yeah. I think it's fun. People notice your hand first. Like, I used to wear, like, a lot of different rings. They'd be like, what is that? Hopefully, you're not married, right? Like, oh, really? Because I look so young back then, so. Back then. Back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look old as shit now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I do. After the 21-year-old birthday, you just, you know, once you can legally drink alcohol, your skin starts yeah. to sag. I just turned 27, and I'm getting hangovers for the first time, like, actually severely. Or maybe you're just realizing it now. No, I don't think I'm just realizing it now because I'm I like can't just get up and roll out of bed. 
I left at 12:30 to puke. I also had two. I had two pitchers of tequila. Who? Where would I have gone? Zeitgeist. Yeah, that's where you can find me. I would have gone back to the bar <laughs> we were just then. I'm like, I thought you guys were still there. Oh, where did I think you went? Yeah. I thought you were at Gestalt, and then Damien and Nathan came back, and then you weren't with them, so I thought maybe you went across the street to find them, and you went to the crosswalk, and they jaywalked, and you guys just really missed each other like some fucking old-school television shit where everyone's going through a different door. Do you really think I went through something like that? Perhaps. I don't know. You were, you were pretty drunk. I didn't think you were throw-up drunk. Yeah, I was, I was vomiting in a box. Luckily, I found a box, so I didn't get anything on my <laughs> shoes or pants because I was like, damn, I got to get in an Uber, but... If I get an Uber feeling like I have to puke, it's game over. I'm going to take a $230 charge. No way. I've tequila never done make it. you do that, though. What? Throw up. Tequila yeah. make you throw up. That's what I'm talking tequila. about. Certainly. I was promised we might get yeah. some food. It never happened. The next thing I know, I've had like basically two pitchers worth of tequila that was pretty lethal. Like It was a margarita in a gestalt style. It was a heavy drink. Yeah. But I threw up, and I didn't realize anything after until I made it home besides the Uber driver on the way home being like, if you need me to stop, please let me know. And I was like, I'll make it. And I made it, and I didn't even throw up later that night, but the next day I was pretty much wrecked. Listen, I paid for my sins. My tequila, my tequila tears uh, filled my, my bed sheets, and I felt better. I made it out of the house later that day, went, enjoyed the sunlight in the park, like I was recommending to the people to do, get outside, throw the ball around. Do it, yeah. But yeah, let's get into it. Leonard. Yeah. I'm glad you had a good time. Jarrett, thanks for being here. Keep watching the cam. Thanks for, uh, as always, bringing some club stories to the table. Yeah, I got to go to the club. You I haven't to been club. to the club. With that chain, I'm saying the gold yeah. chain at the club, you'd be on It'll fire. be tucked, though, but I'll have like it buttoned so you can kind of see it if I move. Yeah, you've got to move the right way. You, you have know. to catch the light. Yeah. And that will catch someone's eye and be mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. Yeah. Does that man have a wife? Because maybe I can uh, convince them to take me out to dinner. They what always do. What type of ring is that? Uh, tungsten. Tungsten? Mm -hmm. Tungsten. It doesn't, like, scratch or anything. It's hella strong, and it's super cheap as well. How much so was it? Nice. I don't know. She didn't tell me. I didn't really ask because I don't, I don't really care. I think it's probably, like, 300 bucks, maybe. That's nice. Yeah. I found a tungsten wedding. I could, no, I found a tungsten ring in a bathroom once. And after hearing that, it could have totally been a wedding ring, and I've been it wearing be. it like it's mine. It doesn't. It only. It only fits on my thumb, but. Do you have a smaller <laughs> thumb? My thumb is like the girthiest thing on my oh, hand. My. It was a huge ring. Oh, okay, okay. It's a big ring. Maybe an orcish man. Probably. Maybe it wasn't. Or. A wedding ring at all. It it probably could have been a ring. <laughs> it probably could have been too big for that guy. That's probably why it was. Took it off, probably washed his hands. He didn't want to like lose it down the drain. No, it was. It wasn't by the sink. It was oh. like in the stall. <laughs> I was taking the shit and it was by my foot, <laughs> and I put it on. I've been seeing these. You know, I've read about it. Where do you read these things? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking internet. Where does anyone read anything anymore? OJ's Twitter page. That's where I get all my news from. Welcome Twitter world. <laughs> Welcome Twitter world. Let's um. This is actually a good transition because we were talking about marriage with Lauren earlier. Lauren wants to get married in Las Vegas and go to the club to the for club the celebration. Yeah. That's what you call a young person's Hell wedding. Oh yeah, I respect it. This past Saturday at the club, there was a bride and a groom in the uh, DJ booth. They were behind her, and they had just gotten done with their reception, and they went to the club afterwards. So it's not a weird thing. I think that that would be. It could be cool. 
it's a fun thing. Like exactly. me and my boyfriend always have fun. Like strip clubs, anything. You've and been I to a strip tri- club. Yeah, I come home with the strippers. Like they like me. I don't know why. They like you. Wow. Yeah. A wow. lot of girls like usually like me and then yeah. Why do you think that why do you think uh strippers like you? Um they like my titties. You're, you're, oh my days! Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I, that's why I like Leonard. So, so <laughs> that makes sense. I can move yeah. him. <laughs> he can yeah. move them. He can actually. Can we get that on camera? <laughs> Look at this guy. Terry He's like, oh my god. I used to lift. He used to lift. I used to bench. He used to bench a lot. So Lauren, you've been working with us for how long, Leonard? A couple months. Couple uh, months, man. <laughs> a solid month. A solid. She's month. been I'm employed sorry. for a couple She's months. Oh, <laughs> okay. Where are you from? You're from Southern California, like me and Jarrett. Um, born, born in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Oh wow. Moved to Seattle and then moved to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, and then you're up in the Bay Area now. Yeah, you're going to school to the where? Bay Area. Uh, 2016, and I go to San Jose State. Yeah. Do you like it down there? Do you live down there or you live up here and um, you traveled? Down, I lived right? in San Jose State. I just moved here in April. And you live like in the North yeah. Beach area? Uh, yeah, I live in North Beach. Is that a, how does that, because that's the first place I fell in love with uh, coming to the city. I love that area. I love like the little Italy vibe, that yeah. whole like little town and Chinatown being next door. And you're kind of in the middle of downtown San Francisco still yeah. being over there. I mean, besides the tourists. Um, a lot of segways in your neighborhood. Yeah, but it's mostly sunny. Like, so I like that. It's right by Pier Thirty Nine. You could walk over there. Do you really like that? You want to go and go to the Fisherman's Wharf? I mean, yeah. What? I mean, I'm kind of a tourist still. So yeah, that's true. That's true. You can find some fun in that. Mm-hmm. You you really like the seafood down there, Jared? You would go down there for a, a lobster roll. I'll, if I'm going down there, I'm getting a lobster roll. <laughs> I I like the In and Out. You live close to an In and Out. Oh yeah. Clutch. It's like. Probably half a mile or less. Yes. So. That is the worst in and out I've ever been to. I would have to agree. It's pretty bad. But they get the job done. In the middle of the night, yeah. it's hard to tell, especially I after I just walk. went there like two days ago, 1230. Oh. Like I went there like Friday night. Is that where you uh, – was that the first meal? Um, <laughs> let me see. Probably Safeway. I live Safeway? right across the street from Safeway. Safeway, yeah. You had to hit it. <laughs> you know, the hot food section. The hot food section. That's when is your hot food <laughs> order? I'm a corn dog and wedge guys at Safeway. You go to the hot section for sure. I think the little wingettes. The, the hot wingettes? wings mm-hmm. or barbecue. You can get a couple of those for like two bucks, four bucks. Yeah. Four dollars gets you like 12. Yeah. Half pound. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 I, don't really, I don't really fuck with the hot food. You don't fuck with the hot food? No, it's weird. I, I'll get a sandwich. I've never, I have yeah. not got a sandwich at Safeway in so long. Yeah, I'll get the sandwich. Or the rotisserie chicken. Yeah. If we're like I've going torn home or whatever. I've yeah, chicken yeah, up just rotisserie. like in like transit, you know. <laughs> yeah, when just Corey and I, like when we're hella hungry, we don't feel like cooking, but it's like, all right, we got to eat something. We'll get the rotisserie chicken and some tortillas. I get some, some Mexican like shit. rotisserie chicken and then salad. Do like a chicken salad. Ooh, a chicken you know, salad. Try to be healthy. At the uh, La Quinta Stater Brothers, down the street from my house and down the street from the skate park. Facts. Just needed. Kids would go to that Safeway, or not Safeway, Stater Brothers, and regularly steal bottles. They would walk out with carts full of shit. And they did it for so long, there was actually an investigation, and they fucked them pretty hard. But then after all that was over, they ended up renovating the whole goddamn Stater Brothers, so there was no door. Because before, the alcohol section was right next to the door, and they didn't move the alcohol section. They just moved the fucking door. That's wild. Farther away, so, like, people wouldn't do that anymore. The Safeway in the Fillmore specifically, I think, is also just a 
It's the only shop for what a couple miles. Like there's a Target I think up the street, and it's really just that Safeway and then whatever you know bodegas are around the liquor stores. Yeah. Third world market where you could buy Bitcoin and mm. also a tall boy White Claw. <laughs> so Lauren. Yeah. You've been working with us. You've been hanging out. It's been great to have you. We definitely missed you. You've been um, gone for a little bit. Can you yeah. give us like a small insight of where you've been? Uh, I've been in institution. An institution. Yeah. You were there for how long? A month in like four days. A month in four days. Damn, great. we it were missing her for a month in four felt, days. It, it felt like it two almost weeks. yeah. No, it felt longer than that. Really? I felt like well because I had to work more. <laughs> I don't know if you know yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I, but I started doing a lot of different things. You did. You helped out, too. Well, your you. schedule was pretty much the same. I mean, yeah. you know. We were here anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But, um, yeah, it felt longer than that. Did it feel longer to you, or did it, like, feel um, like a month? It felt like a year. It felt Honestly, like a year. Honestly, like a year. Yeah. Do you... Obviously, we don't have to talk about why you were there, but when you were there, did you feel like you gained anything, or were you more just, like, waiting out your time? Yeah, I gained a lot of things, and um, when I first went there, I was, like, intrigued on how everything worked. But then when I found out that I was going to be there for, like, three more weeks, I started to, like, cry. Cause yeah, you got to. <laughs> I didn't expect to be there. I felt like I didn't belong there. But it was, like, a learning experience. Like, you know, no phone, no alcohol, and, and I didn't eat for, like, a good two weeks. Wow. You know? Uh, I lost seven pounds within two weeks, so I was kind of happy about that. Yeah, that's the jail um, gym plan. That's the, yeah. you know, you go, you so, lift some weights. I mean, it was interesting. I got to meet some interesting meth heads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I seen a lot of stuff um, and learned a lot of stuff as far as um, how people are treated in there. You really don't know until you go. And for me, I felt like it was really dehumanizing. It was sad. Like, you just feel like you have no hope in there. Of course, they tell you, like, it's something on the board that tells you, like, how to have, yeah, how to cope with it. And I'm just like, that sounds crazy. Don't tell me to meditate in color Yeah. when you're locking me in a room for 23 hours a day. So it was, like, pretty crazy. What was it like um, to get outside for an hour a day? Um, to get outside for our day. So you have a choice to go outside with um, where the ceiling is gated. So it has sunlight, but it's a gate on top. Or you can get on the phone or watch TV or take a shower. But you have to do all of them between an hour. Or do your hair, whatever you want to do. If you want to wash your hair, blow dry it, whatever. What you was have the to. hour a day? What One hour? One hour between 7 and 11 at night. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the whole day you're just sitting in your room. And if you don't, like, get commissary or anything like that, I mean, you're basically fucked. Yeah. You get, like, they give you a little baggie. It has, like, a little thin piece of white soap, a toothbrush, one comb, and basically nothing else. Like, no paper, no nothing. So Wow. I, I think it's, like, really meant to break you down. And if you're not mentally strong, it's it's, like, a real problem. Some people, like, when they get out, they just don't know what to do. Because it's like, it it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. But then, that's what you feel like. Well, one of the benefits for that I that I would say Leonard would agree about you is that you're definitely mentally strong. Like I would say you've got a 
pretty good head on your shoulders. So I'm sure you going into that, especially waiting a week. I mean, if I was even for a second institutionalized, I'm sure I would cry day one, first night. Yeah, and then I, I read something that said, like, one, if you're into, uh, it only takes a month to be into t- institutionalized. So I thought like that the was mindset like, to yeah, for your mindset to conform to it. But I never allowed myself because I read, like, three, four books a day. I wrote. Wow. I drew, I drew, like, I had a cellmate, and she was like, what are you writing? What are you drawing? I'm just like, I'm. So you were teamed up with somebody? Yeah, but the How thing is, like. the age gap? She was 27. Okay. So she's been like there a few times before, so she'll try to, like, tell me little things. But I felt like we were on, like, the same mental level. Um, she was finally, like, saying that she needs to do writing stuff. And, like, literally 90% of those women have kids or have kids. People there, they accept how they are treating them, and we have rights. They don't know that we have rights in there. So it's a thing called a grievance. So one officer, she didn't turn in, like, my commissary for two weeks straight. She didn't like me. I don't know why she didn't like me. So I wrote a grievance on her, and, like, at 11 o'clock at night, she ended up coming in my cell, like, unlocking the door. Oh, wow. That's fucking And, like, I was scared to death. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck? She was arguing with me. She was like, why did you write a grievance on me? And I'm, I was just like, I have to get out of here. This stuff is crazy. Like, And I just felt like I had nobody. Like, they Watching can do, back. They can literally do anything they want. Like, She was not even supposed to see the grievance because it's supposed to be locked in a box. But I don't know. So when where was it exactly? Just somewhere in the North Bay? Just um, Santa Clara. Santa Clara? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're down south. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were there for the month and stuff and the, the things weren't being cashed, were you basically just like on your own? You had like no way of obtaining certain like amenities and stuff like that inside? Um, for like the first week, but I knew my boyfriend's number by heart, my grandparents and my best friend's number by heart. So like, like the first week, they wouldn't even let me use the phone. They put me in the hole. Oh what yeah. They call it. Um, I wasn't able to talk to nobody or get out of my room for like seventy-two hours. Wow. Um, they went on lockdown like that a few times. Sometimes they just don't feel like letting you out, so they go on lockdown. They they did lockdowns like probably like once or twice a day. It was crazy. Like sometimes they'll only let us out for thirty minutes. Wow. And uh, one time the power went out, but it was crazy because. They said the generators um, kick in or something work for them. So in where they was, the power was on and our power was off. We had no hot water, no anything. Just stuck in a cell for 72 hours. Wow. So. Did you read any good books? Was um, there any benefits? Like, could you say you gain uh, like outside of probably the oh shit, I don't want to go back there kind yeah. of mentality. <laughs> um, did you gain anything like positive mentally from it? It definitely was a learning experience. I learned way more about myself because uh, before going in, I was kind of like angry at myself and confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do or what made me happy. Hmm. So in there, I got to analyze like what actually makes me happy. What do I want to do? What? Who am I outside of my personality? Hmm. So what like in the inside, like my soul, what do I feel? So you are trying to, like, make actions that are more aligned with what you want mentally and, like, I guess yeah. physically as well? Like, what you want to feel yeah. in a weird way? What actually makes me happy without, like, thinking about it or thinking about, like, what people are going to think. I read this one book. It was called Off a Limb. Um, I think it was by Laura McLean. 
and um that book like it literally related to every aspect of my life um her whole journey she um was talking about like reincarnation karma cosmic powers uh law of attraction everything that you can think of that i was interested in like it was just random stuff in my life i would just be like i believe in karma i don't even know what i didn't even <laughs> used to know what karma was you thought my, it was just a credit score app you know like my <laughs> grandparents they they're christians they force us to be christian yep. but like somehow i was just like never even heard the word karma i was like i believe in karma so like when i was reading the book and stuff i look back on that like um law of attraction and stuff and it was just so crazy because like I seen like different moments. It was like flashbacks as I was reading the book. And then I seen how like stuff is coming together now. And I was like, maybe I had to be in here for a reason because I wasn't like thinking or looking deeply into myself. It kind of sounds like a state enforced acid trip where yeah. like you have to pull yourself out of yourself for a second and to like really analyze like what's going on, except it was a month long and not five hours. More like right. ayahuasca. Yeah, it could be like, well, ayahuasca is like 15 minutes, and that's, it's she's not throwing up. Or peyote or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, that's great. I mean, it's good that you got that. It sounds like it's actually been a, like, positive experience, which is uh, something yeah. I'm sure you wouldn't have said you expected going in there. No, because, um, you know, like, you, I just got to a point where it's like, I mean, you just have to deal with it. Yeah. It's going you're going to be here so either you're going to give up and like go crazy. And the thing is in there you can't just go crazy. People go crazy, you get a worse like it's worse for you. Worse treatment. So you're like if you cuss out an officer, they could be like, "Okay, you have an infraction." So you get on lockdown, you don't get to take a shower for 72 hours, you're in solitary confinement and they don't give you your stuff. So you're just sitting in a room looking at a wall going crazy. So it's like I had to sit down and think and um, really just, like, be honest with myself and stuff like that. and Which not a lot of people do. And it was crazy because, like, I guess, like, I had this facade about myself. I don't know if I'm using the right word. No, that's a good, but, that's a, um, good term. I, like, I always, like, tried to have, like, a hard cover, a hard shell. So going into jail was, like, no problem for me, like. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna have my straight face, my regular, but it ended up, I ended up doing like the exact opposite. After like two and a half weeks, I was like a whole different person. Like, and like people at first was scared of me because I just did not care what nobody said or thought I would stare you down. I would do anything. To intimidate? Yeah, to intimidate people. And I actually did because like a lot of people in there have low self-esteem and it's easy to manipulate them. But then I was like, my cellmate, she was doing that and I seen it and I was like, I don't like that. I don't like, cause you know you can manipulate a person that you're doing it. But I didn't like confront her on it because like in jail, you really have to think about what you do. Yeah. Like I have to spend You're playing 23 hours. chess. You're trying to think of like yeah. the next three steps from that right. action. And, like, usually in the real world, I didn't do that, like, yeah. at all. So, like, I have to spend 23 hours in a cell with her. So, do I really want to confront her knowing, like, the type of person she is and stuff? So, I just chose to do opposite because at first it was, like, really close. And then after, like, I started doing my own thing. And, like, it was, she, like, didn't like that. So, it was, like, a, it was, like, a very mental life-changing thing that I hope I would never have to deal with before. But I wouldn't take it back because everything is is a learning 
experience. Experience, yeah. Oh my days. Yeah. What a beautiful tale. I feel like that yeah. was better than Shawshank for me. <laughs> that was like such a, a great time. And you didn't even we break in out. There. It's great to have you back, especially like showing yeah. up this morning. I was like, oh shit, there she is. <laughs> I like for a second didn't even recognize you. I was like, oh wait, I know both of those people <laughs> walking towards me. Yeah, Leonard texted me this morning, and I just I couldn't even send him anything but a Larry David passing out <laughs> gif of like, and, like <laughs> a guy falling to the floor. I was just like uh, so grateful to just still have a job. I was like, wow, like I must make some type of impact because before I went in, I was just like, I'm not making an impact on anything. Like, in I don't life in general. Yeah, I'm like it's I easy to feel like that at a I young age. I don't make like um, emotional connections with people and stuff. Like that's what I always struggle with. So it was just like a lot dawning on me. So when I went in, like I had to realize that like I've been through a lot and I've never allowed myself to to realize that or forgive myself for that, which is I shouldn't even be the one like blaming. I shouldn't be blaming myself for something that happened in the past, like all the things that I've been through. So it was like a good experience on that level. And then like. I feel like I had to get to a certain spiritual place in order to get out. Like, cause like if I was only in there for that one week and a half, I would have just went back to doing the same yeah. thing. It would have just been the same thing. And then maybe I messed up and then I'm in there for longer. But, um, it was, yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy how everything happened. And, um, I started meditating. Um, Beautiful. I started like, doing the stuff that was in the book that she like she believed in um just meditating like speaking stuff into existence and actually like setting boundaries and goals for myself mentally so i said like i'm not gonna get out until i read like this book analyze it and like did all this stuff and like i didn't finish the book like a week before and then i didn't get out so like i was like i need to finish this book i need to like come to understanding and i need to actually like meditate and know what I want like coming from this and appreciate all the experiences for what they are and so I got into a class it was like um like a mental health class type thing lovely that's what the show's all about usually like I wouldn't say nothing because like I want to have that that mental strong yeah. yeah I don't want people to know the real me or you know like that because people just they look at me and like you know, they don't want to bother me. So I'm, like, good with that. But then I was like, that's I don't need to do stuff like that because that's not going to get me anywhere. Even if it's telling my truth or being nice to these people in here, like, we're all equal. Everybody has been through something, so it's not for me to judge whether I should, like, fellowship with these type of people. Like, you should fellowship with any and everybody. And so... Um, it was just like a good learning experience. I told my story. Yeah, to you them. opened up. I opened up to them, and like my true self, like you know, my cellmate. She was always like, "You're a square, you're a square." But everybody else, like, everybody was scared of me. Like the they was uh, walking up to her, like, "Oh, your cellmate is mugging me." And then she's like, "She's not gonna do nothing to you. She's not worried about you, like, because I wasn't like." And and you weren't. When you yeah. opened up in that class, do you feel like you that like helped you that like you gained something? Because I'm sure for you that must have been like the first time you've done something like that, especially publicly in front of people you the probably don't know. The first time actually I opened up was my uncle's funeral in January. Oh wow! Um, I don't know where it came from. I did like a long speech. I did a poem, oh, wow. and everybody's like, it inspired my brothers 
and like my brothers didn't get up to say nothing after they was in tears and my nephew that was his son he was crying and nobody could get him to stop crying or even come in there and when he heard my speech he lifted his head and felt proud so that was the first time i spoke out and then like when i was in jail i felt like i needed to speak out because like everybody in there was pretending to be somebody they're not but i could see like through that so i was like i don't care like it was like a thing where these girls would be like i don't turn down nothing but a county tray but (laughs) be when yeah when it came to your door you took it but then when we went down nobody took it not even like my cellmate and stuff i'm like i don't care i'm going down to get that tray i want to see what it is like i'm hungry and then she's like when you get commissary you're not supposed to eat county i was like why not (laughs) i eat whatever (laughs) i choose to like i'm not gonna just eat chips and stuff if there's hot food yeah so it was just stuff like that i would do stuff and like you could see people just like wonder like who the hell is she (laughs) like they don't know i'm hard to figure out but then when i start opening up like it's it always happens like this it's like the girls who want to do what i do they just like envy me but they don't like me so i had um had these two girls that um live next door to me when we came in we had beef with them it was no reason but i was like i'm I'm not turning down (laughs) anything and so one day we me and my my cellmate we just got tired of it like just tired they'd be like bitches is ugly bitches you know i don't know wow you can cuss this is fuck shit bitch you know yeah so it was just like you know like i'm doing as check west ad libs it's only uh six phones and they would try to like hog the phones and stuff I, and then like save phones i'll take the phone and be like well i'm on it and i just look at them and get on the phone like you're not gonna do anything and it was just stuff like that and it was wearing on me and so i was like happy when my somebody did it she walked into the room she was like um so who are you calling bro because i was like bitches is broke like we're not broke but i i don't feel like i had anything to, to yeah. prove so i never like it's just random accusations <laughs> yeah it's random i and i know that but my cell my cellmate she just she couldn't take it so she she confronted them and then they ended up being friends with us so i was like i knew they wanted to be friends with us but they were scared it sounds like high school yeah, yeah. no it was like <laughs> it definitely was high school all over again and i was so over it like i was so over it because everybody would try to hide like what they were like if say if somebody was drawing but then they'll talk about somebody drawing like they're weird why are they drawing like my cellmate she'd be like why are you drawing and then next week she was drawing like i don't say anything i would just be like you know i give her a little look yeah a little like, glance why do, why do girls looks. do that you'll see like girls that hate on another girl and then become friends with them it was so weird because like the people who was talking about somebody like they had that problem also like say if they was like oh her hair is short and then you look at their hair and be like i mean yours is too i mean i don't know if it's denial or what but it was like it got like crazy to where a point i just didn't say anything i was just like yeah so so when i didn't feed into the negativity and stuff because i like really felt like i grew spiritually being in there I didn't feed into the negativity and it was like people were starting not to like me and then i just like i gotta get out of here i can't do this another week like and so you're out now and is the situation like for the most part cooled off um like looking back at it i'm just like i can't believe i got through that but in the moment i felt like numb 
every single yeah. second of the day. So it was just like, I have to get through this day. I have to get through this hour. It's kind of like Leonard's outlook, too. He's just like, you know, the next day is going to be better. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was definitely like some days were way harder than others where you could just break down and be like, like, why did this happen to me type thing? Because I honestly feel like it's unfair. And um, like most most of the like black people in there, like they felt the same way. Like, I don't deserve this. And they're, they was trying to give me like max time. So I had to make a decision, like, to get a lawyer. I had to drop 12 bands on, yeah. a, on a lawyer, $12,000, to get me a lawyer, just to get me out. Like, I had a public defender, and they didn't come see me for that whole time. I went to court. The first court date, they mischarged me. Oh, wow. They actually charged me with murder. Oh, wow. I was scared for my life. I was scared. And it wasn't until the the time I was leaving, he was like, oh, they mischarged you. Do you know what you're charged with? The public defender. And I'm just like, no, I don't know what I'm charged with. So they had me like in a they, holding they, room. They, yeah, they like treated me like a murderer. And I'm like, why am I being treated like this? It was so crazy. And it was just like, this is what people was telling me. Cause I always like, was like, well, that's never going to happen to me. You know, like my my uh, grandparents, that's who I live with. They'll be like, you need to stop being so angry. Like, it's not always going to work out. And I'm just like, why? Well, like, I feel like I deserve to be angry. But if I really had like an outlet or something, I would know. But it's like I wasn't taught to have an outlet or taught anything diff- other than to hold in my feelings and be angry. So that's what landed me there and now i'm like stuck between a, a rock and a hard place because they're not gonna believe me yeah i went into court like told them like i have two jobs i go to school i'm like a, i'm I, a human working towards a better I life i am a law-abiding citizen like and then it's just like once you're in there like the it's rights, no going yeah. back it's no going back well it sounds like the whole experience is a positive at the end and i'm so glad that i'm your friend and on your side and you're on my (laughs) side (laughs) um and most of like you know it's good that you can take it and learn from it and you're not like angry like the whole you explaining this to us just to get like our perspective is like you know obviously overwhelming i never thought that i'd get to hear anything like this from anybody and like i mean i learned a lot just from you speaking and i also think that like the level-headed level-headedness you're showing and also like the positive mental outlook on it too is just like uh, almost heroic just like I think it's a very great way of taking the time that you had and like working on yourself and I think that not a lot of people do that and the fact that you got the opportunity to no matter what the circumstance has like led you to a better spot in your life and I think that that's like incredibly important yeah, yeah. the maturity level too the maturity you know level too, right? as being like a young woman to to go into something like that and then come out like nah this this isn't happening again. I'm yeah. working towards being a better person. Because yeah. at this point, like, I actually have to prove to them, like, they're watching me now. It's like, once you're in the system, it's very hard to get out. Any mess up, you're going to go back in. I cannot afford anything like that. Like, I'm trying to have a, a, le- a legit business. I've been working hard. Like, I had, I got into culinary school at 15 years old. I've been working in Michelin star restaurants since 15 years old. Facts. I will not like, just because this is like 
here and now, I'm, I will not let it affect me and, like, make me lose everything I work for in this moment. It's like, I, before I went in, I thought, like, I felt like I lost everything. But coming out of this, I know it's way more to lose. So it's like I don't even look at certain stuff like like I used to just, like, a month ago. Like, I'm a whole different person. It's crazy. Wow. Well, that's – I mean, you – put the time in and you gained some rehabilitation yeah do you think the system kind of worked in a weird way um, looking back like i mean obviously it's fucked but yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> like 12 grand for a lawyer for, yeah. fucked, but. for people who um, because you took it seriously obviously too. i took it serious it's a lot of people who went in there like um like eight nine times and it was like i finally realized that i don't want to be here anymore and then like the teachers or the sheriffs was like yeah okay yeah okay and i'm just looking at them because like they don't believe in none of these people here and it's like so it was so sad to see like these people really want a second chance but just don't know how to do it you know especially the people who did meth and stuff like that their brain is not developed enough and they need help yeah they actually need help and the people that are put there the people that work there do not care i don't know why they got the job but it's so sad because they're so angry like, a lot of officers would just stare at me and just be so angry. And I'm like, what are they so mad for? Well, I feel like if you working at, if you working at, if you're working at a prison at any, like, level, if you're not, like, a warden or something, yeah. it's not the place you want it to be. Like, yeah. if you're an officer, you want it to be a police officer strolling the streets. If you're the therapist there, you don't want to be there making right. uh, the state wage. You want to have your own or like practice. Or, yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, I was thinking that. And I was just like, everybody is going through their own thing, even the sheriffs or yeah. whoever. Well, so now that you're out officially, what was that first couple of hours like when you uh, stepped through the gates, if you will, back into the so real, the, the open world, America? It was. Uh, Did you get some butt? I think is what he no. wanted to know. I was actually <laughs> super sad. Like, really? I we went to Chick Fil A. And because I you're took, out there, you might as well go. Yeah. yeah, I took one bite, and I was like, I don't have an appetite. Like, and then when we, when we got off the freeway out here, I just got like super sad because I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, like school, where do I pick up from that? I already dropped classes before, and now I'm on like I'm going to be on like some type of academic probation or something with financial aid. And I'm like, it's always something. Last year it was my uncle. The year before that it was health problems. And it's like something every year. So I'm like, it's overwhelming. I don't know what to do or how to do it because I don't want to be like, I don't want to just give up. So it was like very overwhelming just being here and knowing that I have like responsibility, like everybody in my family is like, we may sacrifice for you like some of my friends like my friend like spent her whole check and gave me money for a lawyer and then i had to post bail also yeah so i spent like fifteen thousand just to get out just and the process isn't even over and it's not over yeah. so it's like i i was like overwhelmed like my bills was passed all of my bills are passed too i don't have any money yeah because i spent it on lawyers so it wasn't like a happy moment for me. Yeah, it was. And I feel like that's why people go back because that's all they have. To, okay, at least I don't have to pay rent. Or yeah, when you're there, it's like this. 
the state isn't like necessarily doing the best job at their take like your stress yeah. goes away because your stress is focused right. within the walls of being there and, and it's like, like i felt horrible while i was there but then when i first got out i'm like maybe it's better to be in there and then i came to my senses after like how i felt i read i made sure i brought all my papers from when i was went in there and i read my papers and i'm like yeah i don't want to go back but it's going to be hard to like redeem myself i feel like i lost everything in a matter of a month so i just felt for everybody who was there because a lot of people only had public defenders i would have yeah. still been in jail right now yeah. if i didn't if i had a public defender i probably would have been charged with my charges already that i'm not guilty of and now i have to actually fight like in um in the police report they didn't even report that it was a fight they just reported that i was the aggressor that i said i had a weapon that i said i was going to kill them i didn't say any of that and i'm like i started crying in court to my lawyer i'm like i did not say that like i did not say those words so how are they going to try to like how is that even evidence or proof and it's just crazy because i still have to go through that yeah i don't know what is going to be the deciding point for them yeah because there's no evidence there is no evidence other than me like trying to get out that situation and it was like well if you wasn't guilty then why did you leave because it was a group of people men and women grown men and women for in their 40s 30s and it was like um one dude that i know jumped in too and i literally got stumped out scratched like I felt like super insecure after that too. And then now I have to deal with more. So it's just it's just crazy how the system works, how everything, but I just, you have to stay strong. Gotta if you give strong. up, then it's over. If you give up, you're gonna be in the system. Yeah. You belong to them. So I can't give up. There's nothing I can do but keep on going. Well, I'm glad you still have a job. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I'm grateful for. Like, it feels like because I have a positive attitude, things are yeah. working out. That's the way you got to do it. And people are here to help me when they yes. know that I won't give up. Positive energy, positive push. That's what I've been living off of since the end of May, June, June 1st, 1st, baby. baby. <laughs> we uh, started this whole podcast off of that same mentality of just, like, trying to be positive and doing, like, something for ourselves as well. Right. Like, outside of uh, work and just whatever, like, life's going out. Like, I mean, you were writing. You, you know, might want to take that you know we hear that you have these bars that you want to spit obviously not on the podcast <laughs> but at some other point so you know you could hold on to things like that too and continue those things out and yeah we did this podcast and we've been noticing positive things in our lives change too just yeah. you know doing what you're supposed to be doing or trying to focus on something that you think is going to push your life forward is always uh, beneficial um, if it's okay, I would. I want to like kind of tell my story, my background from when yeah, I was please, a kid. Yeah, please, please. So, I remember everything from two years old vividly. Um, I remember the townhouse that we was at, how raggedy it was. I remember my mom crying at the table. I was on the floor, and my brother was looking at her, trying to see why was she crying and she was like it's not you you're doing everything right because he used to take care of us he was six years old um the problem was my dad he didn't he didn't want us anymore um my mom was having kids every year so she had six kids at that point um he just couldn't deal with life anymore he wasn't he wasn't mentally strong enough so on new year's eve he decided that we was all going to go on a trip and 
that trip was to end our lives. He wanted to commit suicide and kill us all in himself. So he started speeding. Um, and my mom was like, Mario, slow down, slow down. And he just kept on speeding. After a while, the police got behind him, and it was a high-speed pursuit. Um, so he ended up, like, pulling the car, and the car flipped over my mom and my sister. My mom was six months pregnant. They flew out, and they died on site, split their head open on the cement. The, the rest of us, uh, we were lapped up, and the car spun a few times, and stuff crushed on us. We all had, like, Physical uh, fuck-ups? Yeah, like, my brother had two broken legs. My other brother had a broken leg. Me and my other brother, we only had stitches and stuff. But um, my mom and my sister died, and my dad, he didn't die. He ended up going to jail for a few months and got out because he played mental. So after that, we had, we were in the hospital, and my brother told me the story that, like, I feel like I remember, but I'm not sure, because he woke up. And, like, he tried to find us, and he was screaming. Like, he heard our voices, so he came to find us and stuff. And um, this lady by the name of, uh, we called her Miss Spice, she ended up adopting us to get the money. And she was, like, a really evil person. She used to, like, whip us with switches and just, like, we had to send, send, sit outside all day from, like, early in the morning to late at night. Um, just outside? Just outside. If we came inside, we'd get beat. Um, anything we did, we would get beat. If we didn't eat our food, like cereal from the morning, should keep it outside on the table till lunch and make us eat it. And if we didn't, we'll get beat, and we still had to eat it. So, I mean, we didn't tell my grandparents any of this. I told my grandparents this, like, a year ago because they was, like, talking about it. I'm like, I'm glad she's dead. And they was like, Why? I said, because she used to beat us. Like, they didn't know. It was like, I didn't know that. I'm glad that we adopted you. They ended up adopting us about a year later. So you were how old at that point? Um, I was 324. Oh, so cool. that's when I moved to L.A. when I was four years old. And um, and then at that time, my grandma was dealing with her manic. She was manic and bipolar. So she didn't really know. She was, like, kind of mad at the situation. She she went crazy after she realized she got the call on the phone that her son killed yeah. our mom and the daughter. Like, she went crazy from that. So she went manic. So they felt like an obligation to adopt us, to keep us together. Because, like, one person went to adopt me. Another person went to adopt my brothers, which are twins. And then nobody went to adopt my older brother because he was too old. So my grandparents. Like, they had to fight. They spent their whole, yeah, like... They that's a crazy system to go They spent too. their whole savings on a lawyer to take care of us. So when we came there, they had nothing. They had to work. Like, my grandpa would wake up at 3 in the morning and then come home at 4 o'clock. And then they still had to take us to school. It was four of us left. Uh, my brother and my sister and the unborn child died, along with my mom. And then we was the only ones who survived. And so, like... Just being at home and stuff, I never had an outlet. My grandma was always mad. I don't know what she was mad at till this day. I still don't know. But she like... Is she still around? Yeah, she she's still around. I don't have a relationship with her, though. Like, I love her to death, but... Do you think that's something that you might try to salvage? Or do you think that she's kind of too far gone? I tried. You tried? It's not comfortable for me, I guess. I don't know. But it was, like, a lot, like... 
we will always be told to like shut up and stuff like if we was loud or laughing we had to go to sleep like we'll be going to sleep at six o'clock in the evening can't do that as a kid yeah so everything the answer was to shut up and go to sleep if you're in trouble so like i learned to just shut up and that that went on and that still carries on to this day and i have like a little resentment because of that because like especially when i first came out here at 17 i had no communication skills it was like bad like it was like area is not a place to come with no communication yeah it was like i was like on the eighth grader like level like even though i had the mental like i knew what i wanted to say i didn't know how to say it and like it was so frustrating because people would just look at me like i'm another stupid black kid from los angeles would you call it anxiety almost like because you were overthinking what you wanted to say or just you Um, just didn't know how to comprehend i didn't know how to comprehend like i still don't sometimes like i can think like very intellectual stuff but i just don't know how to put into words like i can't really relate to people on any level type thing so like i had resentment and then like um when i was i'm kind of backtracking but when i was 15 years old in 11th grade um, my uncle, he became my best friend because he seen me like slipping, like going into the streets. Like my boyfriend, he was a gangbanger, and I just used to do stupidest shit, like so stupid. And um, my uncle, like he just like he was like, I'm not giving up because everybody gave up on me. My um, auntie, she was the only person who really cared. She wasn't my real auntie, and she ended up dying when I was 11, and then I was uh, taken advantage of right after she died. And I had no way to talk to, so I was just, I just gave up. I wanted to kill myself at when I was in ninth grade. And I would tell my my best friends and stuff, but they wouldn't they know wouldn't what to tell me. They wouldn't take you seriously, yeah. Yeah, they, they were childish. Like, I had, like, such a mature mindset at that time, and I couldn't ask nobody for help. So, like, I just started getting into the streets, like, because we got in trouble for anything literally anything like if the teacher you know how like teachers call home and yeah. like they'll call home for like oh she was talking out yeah whatever she went to the restroom she, when was she wasn't phone. supposed to that type of stuff will be on punishment for like two three weeks so i was like fuck this shit like if y'all if y'all like tell me that i'm a bad kid then i'm gonna be a bad kid and then like when i was in ninth grade my grandma like sure She'll, like, slap me around. She'll call me a whore and stuff. Like, I was a virgin. I didn't know anything about sex, the first thing about any of that. She'll call me a whore, slut, like, beat my ass for coming in 30 minutes late. But I had, like, a friend that I was really trying to be friends with. Like, she was my friend. She was the only person. She was going through similar things as me because she lived with her auntie. So we'll just go out and go get some burgers or something walk around the city because we live by each other. And, like, one day my, my zipper on my skirt was broke, but it been broke. But I like that skirt because, like, they'll give us extra baggy uniforms and stuff. And I get made fun of at school. Like, already being misunderstood and then being made fun of because my grandma is embarrassing me. Like, she had a, a minivan, and she'll just, like, she'll be so angry yelling at us in the morning. We'll get out the car, and she's yelling. Everybody's just, like, talking about her, talking about us. So I only had that one friend. And then, like, I just come home and deal with the same thing over and over again. Just being, she'll just yell at me. Like, she'll take all her anger out on me. But it was only me. Like, you know, I was wondering, like, why me? 
and then your uncle but helped. My uncle, like he seen me, like I'll start messing with my boyfriend that bang and I was doing whatever with him. Like they had guns, like I put guns in my first we got shot at. Like it was wow. it was crazy and I just thought that it was cool and I'm <laughs> down and somebody loves me and cares for me finally. But that wasn't the case. So my uncle, he was like he was like, so what's the deal? Like, tell me. And he never, not once, judged me. And that became my best friend. So if I couldn't bring someone around him, I wouldn't bring, I wouldn't, um, if someone, like my best friends, we could all hang out together. It would be my uncle, his friends. It would be my best friends. And then my brother, it would be his friends. If we can't hang out like that, then we didn't end up being friends Close anymore, like, even in the long run so it was just crazy like that became my best friend like he'd be like come home like he supported my business i started catering because of him he like i i started at home because i went home for the summer one one um probably like the first year of um college and then um he believed in me like i had to finish this course in order to go back to san jose state and then i had a job but the car that I was driving a 2003 Mercedes, bought it from my uncle. He bought me, he sold me a lemon, like the car, <laughs> it had like a red signal on it, but you know me, yeah, it's yeah. like my second car. Like I'm like, okay, like driving back to San San Jose from LA, like every month. And when I was in, um, I used to work at the Arthur J in Manhattan Beach, a steakhouse right on the beach. And um, I was driving there from back and forth to work and the car would just start beeping beep 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 and the brakes would go out because it was a um computer malfunction but it been like that for a year and i was driving like that so then like it was just everything happening so i quit the job and then like was just trying to focus on school and i started my catering and it was doing like really good and it was just like crazy because he was the only one who had hope for me and like we had so many heart to hearts where he was like he had the same heart because he we was raised by the same parents his mom she's she she made him feel like that too so he was like don't let it get to you and stuff that was my best friend and then last year of january he he ended up dying and then it's just like all that anger all that pain all that resentment just came back but yet again it kind of has washed away over the past month in a yeah because i went to jail yeah but that was like i feel like my life would have died like it would have got worse if I didn't go to jail. That's why, like, I I'm looking at it positive because, like, I let like I was so angry. Like, why him? It could have been anybody else. Like, I literally said, like, it could have been anybody else in my family, and I mean that. Like, yeah, not just not him, and it was him, and I, and him and um his son, my nephew, I mean my cousin, we had that same bond that me and him had. <laughs> So, like, when he passed, I was trying to go to Texas. I was this summer, over this summer, I was trying yeah. to go, go. I got him from Texas. I took him, took care of him. And then I was trying to take care of everything I had, with, but then yep. still holding the feelings that he was, like, actually gone. I went to Texas. I got him, fly, flew out to L.A. And I was trying to do everything to, like, comfort him because I knew how I was feeling. But he was still dealing with it differently, so it, like, broke my heart. And then it was, that's when all the anger came back. And I just, like, didn't care. I wanted to fight anybody. And then that's how I got in the situation, like, a heated argument. But I actually wasn't wrong in this situation. I actually, like, got jumped and tried to – I was fiending for my life. 
and sounds like it from how you explained it earlier i yeah i got jumped like it was men and women like if you and then like when i sat in court and they're like trying to make me out as a monster i just really started crying like this is crazy and i just like try to hope that some positive come something positive comes from this because with that charge you can get yeah 10 to 15 years yeah that's not easy especially with just going through a month of it too 10 to 15 years you can get for that charge and i'm still fighting it i still have to go to trial for this so it's just like it made me realize why like i'm i was so angry because my uncle's death like it really hurt me well it seems like the realization that you got is like so beneficial within itself and i think that i mean i'm just so thankful that you're willing to even like tell us any of this it's like crazy that you're like so open but it's like so i feel for you of a last like three week thing that you're willing to even do something like this and i think that you even sharing your story it's like got to be beneficial for you to just tell people too especially people you don't know that well i mean you've never met this look (laughs) at this fucking guy what the hell so like, the fact that you're able to do that, I think, is, like, I mean, just very positive and, like, reassuring to me that, like, the human spirit is strong as fuck. Yeah, because it's, like, I know other people go through things, and they feel like they're the only one, especially being in jail. You can just see it. You can yeah, see you can the see hopelessness. You can just see, like, so it's just, like, seeing stuff like that, you know it's something deep down that's bothering them too but they just don't know how to deal with it just like i used to do or just like with my anger i want to project it on you because i'm angry i don't know how to express my feelings so what do you think if you could leave this conversation with something for the people who listen to this podcast when it comes to like dealing with anger and like your overall like outlook on life like what do you think is like the one thing that you could recommend somebody to like deal with that kind of stuff um I think that the the easiest way to deal with something is talking about it, expressing your feelings. It doesn't matter who, where, or why. Even if you like random person, like, hey, be honest. People like honesty. That's what I like. Didn't realize until this time. Like, holding stuff in or being vague with somebody is only gonna push them away. Yeah. So you have to be vulnerable. That's the thing that I did learn in there. Like, being vulnerable is not bad. Giving people the benefit of the doubt is not bad. Yeah, it's scary. But what I learned was um, good and bad is faith and fear. So bad is fear and good is faith. So if you have faith in people or faith in something, that's positive. If you fear something or if you don't, like you're scared to do something, it's because you fear it. Like, So it's just like you just have to go out on faith. I love that. I would say that that's a beautiful thing to end the podcast on. I would love to do some listener questions, but I'm just going to say fuck that <laughs> altogether because I want to leave all this stuff <laughs> that we talked about in. And you guys, you'll get your questions answered later. <laughs> Lauren, I, I w- want to say, you know, I feel like we could talk for hours about this, and I hope that we get, I mean, now that we have, like, pretty much every contextual clue we can have, we probably will at work and whatnot, but it's – uh. It's great for your honesty to be on this podcast. It's great for you to be on the podcast. You're more than welcome to come back on anytime. We hang out. We talk. This podcast is kind of like all about mental health, as I'm sure Leonard explained to you earlier. Is just we like people telling their honest stories. We like people being able yeah. to come and hang out for an hour and a half without like checking their phone and 
you know, just kind of focus on the moment that you are having and share that honesty between people. And it's uh, been amazing to just hear everything. It's fucking crazy. And I uh, feel so mixed about the whole situation when it comes to like it's bullshit and everything but I'm just glad that you're back and I'm glad that we have your energy around because you know like you've heard multiple times today from all three of us you know we definitely missed you a lot and uh, it's yeah. great to have you back we need some feminine energy every once in a while <laughs> yeah so it just it means a lot like little stuff like that people don't realize like if you say like we missed you or something and it's genuine that yeah. actually means something especially yeah. to a person like me because I me don't too. I don't allow people to even say that like i don't allow them to even know me enough to say it so so when people it say means it, it something hits. that's lovely yeah that means you know that they're actually going the extra mile to look at you and not just your personality or what yeah they miss your presence there. no matter like what yeah. kind of mood you're in they just miss right. you as a human being it's lovely right. leonard do you have any final words I'm sleepy as fuck. You're sleepy as fuck? <laughs> there we go. That mango white claw will do it to yeah. you. Jared, do you have any questions? I know the mic's been out of your uh, hand. Do you have anything to say? I don't have anything to say. That you're st- I've only met you a couple hours ago, and I heard your whole story, and it's heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time, the way you yeah. deal with all of it and take it in stride. You're so resilient. I can't believe Thank it. We don't, we don't need to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I'm going <laughs> to drop the mic. Uh, does anyone, let's, we can end on this. Does anyone have anything they'd like to recommend? Anything they've been listening to? Anything that they've eaten? Anything that you would, uh, like to leave anybody with? Recommendations. Go on Netflix and watch Dion Cole stand-up. It was good? It was, it's pretty fucking funny. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. For me, check out Watchmen on HBO. It was so fucking good. That first episode's amazing. Best pilot since Breaking Bad. And it's, don't a, at me. it's a series. It's, right? a series. it's a series on series. HBO. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't need to really have any context to the past story. It just is like makes it more satisfying if you do. But you can go in fresh, and it's the new best show on HBO. And feminine energy every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, so it just it means a lot. Like little stuff like that, people don't realize. Like if you say like we missed you or something, and it's genuine, that yeah. actually means something, especially yeah. to a person like me, because I don't too. I don't allow people to even say that like i don't allow them to even know me enough to say it so so when people it say means it, it something that's lovely yeah that means you know that they're actually going the extra mile to look at you and not just your personality or what yeah they miss your presence no matter like what yeah. kind of mood you're in they just miss right. you as a human being it's lovely right. leonard do you have any final words I'm sleepy as fuck. You're sleepy as fuck? <laughs> there we go. That mango white claw will do it to yeah. you. Jared, do you have any questions? I know the mic's been out of your uh, hand. Do you have anything to say? I don't have anything to say. That you're st- I've only met you a couple hours ago, and I heard your whole story, and it's heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time, the way you yeah. deal with all of it and take it in stride. You're so resilient. I can't believe Thank it. We don't, we don't need to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I'm going to drop the mic. Uh, does anyone let's we can end on this does anyone have anything they'd like to recommend anything they've been listening to anything that they've eaten anything that you would uh, like to leave anybody with recommendations go on Netflix and watch Dion Cole stand up it was good it was it's pretty fucking funny okay I'll check it out yeah for me check out Watchmen on HBO it was so fucking good that first episode's amazing best pilot since Breaking Bad and it's, don't a, at me. it's a series. It's right? a series it's on a series. HBO. Yeah. yeah, you don't need to really have any context to the past story. It just is like makes it more satisfying if you do. But you can go in fresh, and it's the new best show on HBO. My only recommendation is some music. Listen to some Purple Disco Machine. Throw on uh, one of his mixes, or listen to some Glitterbox. I've been feeling a lot of disco lately. Mm, Glitterbox. And it just makes me happy, and it's positive. There we go. Anything? 
Um, when you're feeling angry, listen to mellow music. There we go. That's what yeah. I like. Maybe some, some lo-fi hip-hop yeah. mellow you bars. You can't just be listening to killing music because yeah, you, you want to go out and kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been telling you that. Yeah, you've been months, listening to know. I tell you, yeah. yeah. Bitch, I'm a little baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Lauren, thank you so much. Um, yeah. You've been listening to Two Broke for Therapy. Uh, everyone on the Periscope, the two people that are watching live now, and everyone that watched live, I appreciate you. I seize you. Shout out to the lads in the UK. Shout out to one person in Arizona. Any shout mm. out for you? Shout out to my sister wife. Shout out to your sister wife. We see you. We see you. Anything? Any shout out? Jojo, the whole yeah, gang. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Jojo. Shout out Bobby. Holding me down while I was in the slammer. Young Boom, Bobby. the cling clap. <laughs> Jared, any shout out? And shout out to my lovely girlfriend, Casey. I think she's one of the other two viewers. The, oh, Casey. The, the first one's probably right, me. Casey. I think the second one's her. So thanks for watching. I feel Thank like you. Casey has a crush on Corey. We, yeah, we could talk, <laughs> we could talk about that That's later. off the air. Yeah. Guys, Two Broke <laughs> for Therapy. Thank you so much. Bye. Sure. Basics. If I get stopped, it's back to basic. Bad B, last time I wipes and laces. Ting set, good no, she can't be basic. Fez ask questions, I get evasive. That's no comment up in the station. Gang can't sleep on a violation. Swear I'ma spend all my savings. Switch off my iPhone, back to basics. No, we ain't watching faces. Violate us, man, are catching cases. I was on the high road, armed and dangerous. Stepping in some runaway trainers, no introduction needed. Painting already know what my name is. And this year's only money I'm chasing. Don't let me spend all my savings, do it for the course. Go play the field, get fluent with the ball. Life is tough and you ain't with the law Seven drugs, no, you ain't been a tour You ain't never been no license Festo, trying to put a bill for your door Yo, go there, do it with a ramble, do it with a force To the scrub, I can do it in a wave or do it with a store And the stamp to the stand is shining I ain't even do it with my toes I can pop this pebble into pebbles or do it in a low The thing I do Do the thing them doing on the road But then they know it's the usual Got me and step in the studio Wrist all long for the cuffs Side this bust on my Cuban Lord knows life is confusing Now I'm just chuffed No trim, they don't care if my head back rough Same way all of them galley on us Bring out the dots, get back to basics If I get stopped, it's back to basic Bad B, last time my wipes and laces Ting set, good no, she can't be basic Fez ask questions, I get evasive That's no comment up in the station Gang can't sleep on a violation Swear I'ma spend all my savings Switch off my iPhone, back to basics No, we ain't watching faces Violate us, man, are catching cases I was on the high road, armed and dangerous Stepping in some runaway trainers No introduction needed Painting already know what my name is And this year it's only money I'm chasing True stories, I ain't got a lie in my raps I was beside the feds with a nine on my lap Gotta look straight forward, try to relax If I get pulled this time it's a wrap And I still get flashbacks to the gold nights in the trap A man slept on the floor, no heater Tottenham boy, I put the tea in Tanita On a first name basis for the shopkeeper And he already knows what I came for Cling film and a Ribena Big smoke on the feature, I come a long way from drawers in a pouch 13 scores in my mouth on the same line, trying to get all of it out Fast forward, now I turn star boy, man I don't stand on corners Two left feet when your diamond's dancing, why your shine looks so awkward It's one on the chorus, with a bit of skepta, that's what the girl them ordered And you better lock up your wife and daughters, cause all my guys are ballers Bring out the dust, get back to basics, if I get stopped it's back to basic Bad B, last time my wipes and laces, Tim said, you know she can't be basic Fez ask questions, I get evasive, that's no comment up in the station, gang can't sleep on the violation, so 
like I'ma spend all my savings Switch off my iPhone back to basics No, we ain't watching faces Violate us, man, are catching cases I was on the high road, armed and dangerous Stepping in some runaway trainers No introduction needed Painting already know what my name is And this year's only money I'm chasing Tonight on Radio 1 Keep it mellow. All right. Have Question. a little claw. Talk How come you don't you don't claw uh, do the headphone plugins for the for the interface? Um, I find myself if I plug my headphones into the interface that I will talk louder than everybody in like a 